come with me, we're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I'm Matt. And I'm Kimbra. We have a fun episode for you today. Kimber has been hard at work researching this topic. Hard at work, I tell you. Indeed, I have. I've probably spent more time researching this subject than it's going to take to record. But that's okay. It is worth it for you. And it is a good subject indeed, which we're going to get to shortly. But uh, first, I just want to remind people out there, if you haven't already, head over to Facebook, find the Fantastic Cruising Community, sign up today so you can interact with all kinds of really cool, nice, wonderful people and learn less about cruising. Also, make sure to check out Fantastic Studios. That's our YouTube channel, which is getting ready any day now to ramp up with lots of lots and lots of videos. And speaking of videos, make sure that when you are on the Fantastic Cruising Community page, you do check out the creator post. We've got a special post there for creators out there. If you want to submit your videos that are about cruising, that's where to do it. People can find them that way and watch them. We also have a special creator post that's specifically for underwater footage. So check that out. There's already a bunch of really cool videos up there. The latest submission is from our friends Roy and Amanda, show special features. We got, look, okay, we took them to Alexander Springs here in Florida a few weeks back. And you know what happened? We got them addicted to, to springs. No, I was going to say to cruising, but they, they, <laughs> they were already addicted to cruising. No, we got them addicted to springs, and now they're like going to springs all the time, whether it be Disney Springs or no. They're going to actual springs, so they put a video up of Itchituckney Springs, and it looks pretty epic. Yeah, pretty, I, w- I want to go to that one. Pretty I amazing. mean, I want to go to all of them, but that one looks pretty cool. Springs in Florida, not unlike Pokemon. You got to collect them all. Visit them all. Go to all of them. Snorkeling them all. Snorkeling them all. What? Snorkel in them all. Or, as Kimbra will soon be able to do, scuba dive in them all. Well, you can't dive in all of them. They don't all allow diving. But But, but a lot of them. But I, I get where you're going there. Yes, I am getting certified. You are certifiable. <laughs> I mean, you are getting scuba certified, which is really cool. So Kimbra has started her open water scuba training, which is your basic general and pretty much all you really need for the majority of scuba diving is to get this certification. She's got to do some kind of, we used to call it book work. Now it's computer work. And then she'll have to take some tests and she'll have to do some swimming pool stuff. And then eventually she'll have to go to, actually, we'll be going to a spring, and she'll do her her basic open water certification checkoff dive. And after that, she'll be certified. Woot woot! An actual scuba diver. How cool is that? I'm so excited. So look for lots of underwater footage coming to the future of Fantastic Studios, as well as uh, lots of other creators out there. Speaking of, I ordered something yesterday. Off of the internets. You did? <laughs> she acts surprised like she doesn't know. Like I didn't like blab about it 
all the way home. So uh, for Christmas, I was gifted a GoPro Hero 8 from uh, a, a lovely lady. Oh, that's a really good gift. I know. I thought so. And uh, and so I've been using it a little bit, but um, when we go when we go to our next cruise, I'm going to do some free diving and maybe even some scuba diving, depending on how fast that certification goes through. And that means that I'm going to be swimming in deep water. And deep water means that you need some sort of filter on your camera because uh, the the colors start to disappear as you go underwater. So I got this thing called a switchblade. Now, it's, it's not like a switchblade switch, but it's not a knife or anything like that. I'm not allowed to have those. They're not, I'm not trusted with those or anything. Nope. No, but it is a really interesting thing. So a, a lot of you are probably familiar with getting the red filters that you can put on a camera when you go underwater. And there's also different colored ones, like there's uh, magenta ones and stuff. You use them for different things. So if you're in freshwater versus saltwater, so you get more green than blue, or if you're in deeper water rather than shallower water, you use these different filters. There's generally three different filter designs that you can choose from, and you just use the appropriate filter. Now, my old camera that I still have and will still use, the Sony FDRX 3000, has a really nifty bit of software in it that works really well. I don't know why GoPro hasn't done this yet, and it basically kind of accounts for the color loss and just somehow through magic adds it in. GoPro doesn't do that. That's fine. So you have to buy it separate. And so what you normally see is, like I said, just this red filter or magenta filter or whatever. But the switchblade is really, really extra cool because what it does is it's got, it's got, it comes with three lenses or three filters, I should say, not lenses, but they are high quality. So that's one thing if you're looking for a color filter for your camera, you know, you don't want to get a cheap one. Like, I mean, you might be able to find an inexpensive one, but don't get a cheap one. You you spend all this money on this really expensive camera, and most of that price is in the lens, and then you're going to take and put a cheap piece of plastic over it. You just defeated the whole purpose. But you want a good quality one. So, so this is a nice quality, optical quality glass lens, filter lenses, and uh, and they, they come in the different colors. But, but the cool thing is you put it on there, and then you can you can flip it up. There, that's where you get the name Switchblade. You can switch it up, switchblade it up. It'll be the West Side Story underwater footage, <laughs> West Side Story style. No, but the, the cool thing is, like, if you watch people who film with GoPros and they're using the red filter, what you may notice if they don't edit it out or try and fix it in post, which is not always easy to do, is that when they start pointing that camera up or when they come out of the water or before they go under the water, what happens is when you don't have to account for the loss of color then everything looks red as you would expect if you look through a red filter and so their footage usually starts to look pink or red or something like that well this one you can switch it up so you can just flip it up and then when you get underwater you can flip it down so you can kind of get the best of both worlds but it also comes with another thing which is like a, a little bit of a magnifier lens like a big fisheye magnifier lens that you can flip on or off and so that's going to be good for like close-up so if i'm down looking at that octopus i can check it out and put that little close-up lens on there and get some really high quality detail but if i'm trying to catch the whole reef then i can i can just switch that back 
and uh, and get my wide angle. So I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, it's been out of stock for a while. They've made this for other GoPros, but I think they made it for the seven was the first one. Now they made it for the eight. So look for me to, when I get that, do a nice review on it. I'll probably put that on the Fantastic Studios channel. We'll see how well it works. I'm pretty excited about it though. I think it's going to be really cool. And when you decide how much you really like it, you're going to get me one, right? Yeah, maybe. Cool. <laughs> you all heard it. I mean, I said maybe. I did say maybe. Okay. Maybe. Anyway, I, I thought that was interesting. And, and um, I also thought that maybe I should talk just a, a little bit more about what's going on with the color. Like, why Why is the sea blue? Why is the sky blue? Do you know why it's blue when you go underwater? It has to do with light and the way that color and light work together. So if you you remember, are you familiar with the, the colors of the rainbow? Can you, Kimber, can you like name them in order? Roy G. Bev. Roy G. Biv. And so basically what's happening is you're going from a, a long wavelength, the red is a long wavelength, all the way to the shorter wavelength, which is that indigo and green, so blue and green. Now what happens is this, the, the way we perceive light, uh, color is, is the, the, the light is bouncing and uh, it's reflecting into our eyes. That's the real simple, super simple way to explain it. What's important, though, is that as you go underwater, as you get deeper underwater, you start to lose those long wavelength colors first. So as soon as you hit like close to 15 feet underwater, the red is going away. It's going bye bye. I mean, 15 feet is not that deep. And then you get to about 20, 25 feet, and you're losing the orange. You get to about 50 feet, and you're losing the yellow. Now, you might get a little bit more if you got really, really crystal clear water, like in a swimming pool or a spring or just a really nice, pristine reef. But this is like kind of typical what you would see. And then you get down to like 80, 85 feet or so, and you're going to lose even your green, and everything's just going to go blue, monochromatic, you're losing a lot of that contrast. So that's why these filters are important. They'll bring some of that back. So that's uh, that, that's your science lesson for the day. All right, well, after that in-depth discussion of color and light and all that stuff, uh, I think we should get into the main topic, which is what? What you can and cannot bring on the ship. To bring or not to bring. It's not a question of what you will do. It's a question of what you are allowed or not allowed to do, right? Yes, and every cruise line is different. Even the ones under the same big umbrella companies, we found out. Yeah. So I would have assumed that Princess and Carnival, Holland America, those are all the same. Uh, I would have assumed Celebrity and Royal Caribbean, all the same. Not not so. Not so fast. Yeah, they definitely have some similarities. Um, but yeah, there are also some pretty big differences. So what we did is is we kind of broke it down into some main categories and we looked at some of the major cruise lines and tried to find the answers because we've there's been a lot of chatter lately and there usually is about hey can I bring this on board can I not bring that on board so we thought we'd try and find some of those answers for you guys today and uh, and this is what we did okay we we looked at the cruise lines Carnival Princess Royal Caribbean Celebrity Norwegian MSC Disney and Virgin and I got to tell you, we had Holland America in there. We threw them out because we couldn't find hardly anything about that cruise line. 
and I've been on that cruise line. They are under the umbrella of Carnival, but they are not real forthcoming with information. I'm sure that there's people out there that know the answers to some of these, but uh, we thought we'd stick to those, these other cruise lines. And then we broke it down into some basic topics. So this is what we're going to discuss. We're going to discuss liquids. In other words, non-alcoholic and alcoholic beverages you can bring on board. And we're going to discuss food, medication, drones. We'll try not to drone on and on about that too long. Luggage, electrical stuff, which we'll get into. We'll explain what all this is when we get to each topic more specifically. And then stuff for port use only. And then we found a few other weird odd and end things that we're going to talk about. So, yeah, we're going to start, though, with um, drinky drinks. Mm. drinky drinks let let me also say that kimber did like the the lion's share of um of research on this and i just typed what she was telling me and uh and one thing that we found is that carnival is by far the most forthcoming with this information like they're very specific there's still some mystery there but they're very specific about what you can and can't bring on board where other cruise lines they don't they don't really tell you a whole lot. Yeah, definitely. Some of some of these FAQs that I came across are like super in depth and like really you can really find what you're looking for and others I had to dig and dig and dig and some of them I still couldn't find it. Yeah, now we tried to limit all of our answers to information we were finding from the cruise line itself, but in some cases we just couldn't get that information. And so we tried to just research and find out what other people were saying about it. But we will tell you when uh, when we are doing that rather than getting it directly from the cruise line to try and clear it up. Also, we wanted to say that this is the information as it stands, as we could interpret it as of today, which is January 18th, 2020 is when we're recording this. It's going to probably come out hopefully tomorrow on the 19th. Things could change. You know, I know there's some policies that have changed since I've been cruising in around 2011, 2012. So uh, so bear that in mind. If you're listening to this now or in the future and you have something you're really concerned about, uh, you might want to give the cruise line a call just to make sure. And then hopefully you'll get the right answer. Although from our research, sometimes that doesn't work either. <laughs> so let's start with... Uh, with liquids. Let's start with Carnival. Kimbrel, what does Carnival allow you to bring on board when it comes to liquids? So Carnival will allow you to bring on 12 sealed cans or cartons of 12 ounce or less per person. So that means you can bring 12 cans of soda, 12 cans of bubbly water, or cartons. So like, I guess, kind of cardboard paper cartons with, with liquid in it. But no glass bottles, no plastic bottles. They do not allow that on board at all. And then, and then what else? And then one 750 mil, milliliter sealed wine or champagne per person. And then there is, um, if you choose to drink that wine or champagne outside of your room, um, there is a $15 corkage fee for opening it, like in the dining room or at a bar or something like that. Yeah, and from what I can tell, or from what I from what I understand from people that that utilize this, is that it's it's really if you're in the MDR or you're somewhere prominent, like you could probably open it in your room, pour it in a cup. Nobody's gonna like stop you and charge you fifteen dollars. So I don't think that's 
kind of really heavily um, regulated. But if you have it at dinner or, you know, you're somewhere with a bartender, you need them to open it for you. They're going to, they're going to charge you 15 bucks. Oh, and we found that there are some special rules for back-to-back cruising. Oh, we, that's right. We didn't see that on any of the other. No, I guides. like I like we said before, Carnival was like uh, great. I I love Carnival even more for their website now. <laughs> um, Trying but, to keep things clear. Yeah. So if you're going on a back-to-back cruise, you can basically bring the same thing for each cruise. You just have to leave the stuff for like the the cruises after with the cruise people, whoever they the may be. The cruise people. <laughs> and Who then, are those cruise people? And then before your next cruise, you can collect that stuff and then use it for the next cruise. So if you are going on two cruises back to back, you can bring on technically 24 cans. Per person. And two bottles. But they will... But they will Hold those for you, half of those for you. Yeah. Until your second voyage begins. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. So you don't have to like jump off the ship and go buy new stuff. Yeah. All right. Now, Princess, who is also under the same umbrella corporation as Carnival, they allow one bottle of wine or champagne per person, uh, 750 milliliters. They have a corkage fee of $15 if drink and the same kind of thing. Basically, it's, it's very similar to Carnival, except... From what we can tell, you can bring more wine on board. Like you can actually bring more than one bottle of wine per person on board, but they will charge you $15 regardless of if you drink it, where you drink it. But I guess you could bring like a case of wine on board. They're just going to charge you $15 for, you know, 11 of those. Is that what a case of wine is? 12? I don't know. I've never um, bought a case of wine. But I anyway, 16. 16. Whatever it is, whatever it is, they're going to charge you $15 per bottle after the first one. So yeah, so bring on all the wine, but it I mean, might not really save you any money in the long run. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a $15. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big wine drinker, but I don't like to spend more than $15 on a bottle of wine. Is that that's probably not a good wine then, right? I don't I don't know. <laughs> well, we've got we got good wine at the St. Augustine winery for around $15 or less, right? Yeah, I want it was but Then you're doubling your price basically. Right. So that's, that's what they're, I think that's what they're saying is they're like, look, we're princess. We don't want to restrict our, you know, patrons, our customers, but the reality is you're not going to bring on 10 bottles of wine and pay us $150 or minus 15 because you drink the other one in the room, whatever. Yeah. That's not going to really happen. The, the other thing that was interesting is we couldn't find any limits on non-alcoholic beverages and, um, and apparently, I even saw one. This is one of those things where uh, we couldn't find any policy, so you know we went to the went to the cruise boards and stuff looking for information. And uh, I saw somebody that said that they actually check like cans, like twelve packs of soda. Like they'll put two twelve packs, tape them together, and check that with their checked luggage. So most of these cruise lines, you have to bring any any liquid on as carry on. And I, I don't know 100% if that's not the case with Princess, but it sounds like it is. So if anybody knows out there, fantasticcruising at gmail.com, let us know if that is actually the case, because that's that's kind of cool, really. Yeah, absolutely. So Royal Caribbean will let you bring on two 750 milliliter um, bottles of wine or champagne per stateroom. 
So unlike the, the carnival and princess, it's not a per person. So if you have four people staying in a stateroom, you can still only bring on two bottles. Which is kind of interesting. I could see that as a, as a plus and a minus in different situations. So let's say that you are cruising. I mean, most of the time, if you're with four people, there's a good chance that two of them are going to be <laughs> less than 21 and then they can't bring it on no matter what. But, um, it, it, you know, what if you're, what if you're like spring break with four or three of your friends and you got four people in the room, they're all 21, 22, whatever. Uh, yeah, you could still only bring two bottles of wine and still only bring um, 24 cans of soda. No. Oh, that's not true at all. No. No, I didn't read that part oh, yet. Oh, sorry. I'm getting yeah, ahead of myself. you sure. So then you can also bring on 12 17-ounce cans, bottles, or cartons per stateroom. So they could bring on... So I was right. They could bring on 24 bottles, cans, bottles, or cartons oh, of, I guess of soda. You doubled Just it say for it, two I'm people. Right. Just okay. say it. I'm right. Okay. I'm right. You know I'm okay. right. Okay. Okay. In this one instance. Uh, but the but the di- big difference here is, besides it being per stateroom, is 17 ounces, where Carnival says 12 ounces, and um, and it allows bottles. So Carnival doesn't allow bottles. So uh, except for wine, obviously, no box wine. They all say no box wine. Just so you know, don't bring your box wine on board. Okay, <laughs> they they ain't having that. And and the corkage fee is the same for them as it is for for Carnival. So kind of interesting, kind of a little bit different. Um, I don't drink very many non-alcoholic beverages that are more than 12 ounces. I, I, I know there are some, maybe some of those. I bet it's because of some of those like energy drinks and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say the, the big, like, like 16 ounce. Like the monsters yeah. or the. They're usually the, a pint. They're usually 16 ounces. So um, that, I guess they gave it an extra ounce just to cover it. Like the big Starbucks coffee espresso drink thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, then, and then celebrity is also part of Royal Caribbean. So what are, what are their... What are they saying? What's their deal? Um, so their wine is the same. So two two bottles of wine or champagne per stateroom. Um, but their corkage fee is twenty five dollars um, if you if you have them opened out of your stateroom. So yeah, so if you're going on celebrity, you want to drink that wine in your stateroom. Of course, if you can afford to go on celebrity, maybe you don't care about twenty five dollars. <laughs> Well, good point. Fee. Or maybe you do because maybe you spend all your money getting on the, the celebrity ship because <laughs> it's more expensive. But uh, yeah, so that's so that's interesting. I don't think I've ever brought a bottle of wine on board because I'm not really into the wine. But you have, right? Yeah, I bring wine on every cruise. Okay, I mean, but I always, I usually try and get a bottle that's like a just a twist top because I don't like to ask the steward for a corkscrew or bring on my own. So I just twist it off, pour it in a cup in my room. I usually just carry it around with me. Okay. There you go. Put it in a twist top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I do want to, just because our next one here has some information that the others don't really cover, you're not allowed to bring on water for any of those. Well, well I guess the canned water. Canned water. But no bottled water for, no, for any of those lines. Even Royal Caribbean, you can't bring no. bottled water? No. Well... I no, bet. no, no. I think that one said, I can go back and look, but I'm pretty sure that one said no bottle of water as well. That's and Now, one thing that Carnival has done, and, and maybe Royal's done this too, I need to, I need to check this out actually, is uh, they have made it to where if you order water before the cruise, it's reasonably priced. So you can get, I think, like a six pack of bottled water for like $4.99, which I know, I know, you're not spending that much at the grocery store, but... 
it's also not the same as like a $3 bottle of water that you're getting if you buy it on board. So they're trying to find that compromise, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's I just let people bring some water on board. If it's if it, I get why they don't want it in a plastic bottle because then people could easily smuggle things that look like water in those plastic bottles. It's hard to tell if they've been opened or not. Where a can, it's pretty hard to seal a can and make it look like it hasn't been opened. So, sorry, no can just, do. Just to jump back, Royal Caribbean's website says milk and distilled water brought on for infant, medical, or dietary uses are permitted. So you can only bring on water for medical. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Now, um, the next one we have is Norwegian, right? Um, yes, Norwegian. And they actually basically are like, other they got a wine policy, which we'll get into in a second, but they're basically like, no, you can't bring any soda or water unless it is for that medical use. So like, um, I know I, I've had friends that had to use distilled water. It was a medical thing. So I th- most of these cruise lines, look, if, if you've got some kind of medical need, you know, you definitely want to call them ahead of time. Even if you see a policy that says it's okay, even if you hear somebody like me and Kimber saying it's okay with something like that, because it's a medical need, definitely get it cleared first. That way you don't run into any issues because if you really need that, you want to make sure 100% that it's going to be okay and available to you. And if you need to do something silly like wear two different colored socks or something to bring it on board, you can do that. You can prepare and you can do that. But uh, but yeah, so they're like Norwegians, like medical use only people, except for wine. You can bring some wine, but there is a corkage fee and, and they do something kind of weird, right? They're like, $15 for a 750 milliliter bottle or $30 for a 1500 milliliter bottle. Um, so I, I don't, and they didn't really have like a stated limit on how much you could bring, right? Yeah, I, I didn't see one. And it's weird that they allow the bigger bottles because none of the other lines allow that. Right. That is a little, a little strange. So uh, I guess Norwegian's a little bit better on the wine. Yeah, but they charge you to drink it. They do. No matter what, like whether it's in or out of your stateroom. And the interesting thing is most of these cruise lines, of course, they all sell wine on board, but uh, some of them have said stuff like, you know, it's not really a huge popular thing for people to bring bottles of wine on board. I know, like I said, I I haven't because I'm not a a wine drinker in general, but you have every every cruise. Um, So out there listening... Do you bring wine on the cruise ship? Let us know, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. We'd like to know and we'll share it in the next episode. All right, who else do we have on here? So we have MSC. So I'm just going to throw this just going to throw this out there. MSC's FAQs are kind of a nightmare. So if you need <laughs> any information on what you can and cannot bring, do whatever on MSC, I recommend just contacting them. So trying to figure out their FAQs, not easy. (laughs) Yeah. And even looking at like cruise boards and stuff where people are asking questions, even there, it seems like it depends on the mood the people are in on the ship. Like it's, so it's, it's very wishy-washy and uh, you definitely want to check that out. But basically what we found out it's there's, they're saying only for medical needs and you have to get approval for that. Yeah. So you can't bring anything on unless you... Unless you contact them and say, hey, I absolutely need this for this. And then it has to be approved before you can even do it. Yep. Yep. Now, the last two cruise lines we have are Disney and Virgin. And uh, how fitting 
that these are the last two because they're both the two cruise lines out there trying to do everything different. And of course, we had a hard time finding a lot of information on Virgin because it's so new, isn't even really sailing yet. But Disney, we did find uh, a little bit of information. You can bring two 750 milliliter bottles or... Or, now you're going to hear me make fun of Disney a lot in this topic, but in this case, I'm giving them props. You can bring six beers per person, okay? Now you're ringing my bell. If I can bring six, like, stouts on board, I'm a happy guy, because that's about as many as I would drink through an entire cruise. And that's at the beginning of the voyage and at ports. So if you drink your six beers and you get to Cozumel, and then you can go in port. You could pick up another six pack and bring it on board and drink it and drink it. It's not like the, the rum that you get or something. You can bring it back and drink it. Now, they do have a $25 corkage fee for wine in the dining room, but but that's it. Yeah, that's it's probably because the cruise itself costs so much. So, like, we understand <laughs> you're paying for all this stuff. You've brought on 12 kids. I'll give you some beer. That fair. That's valid. <laughs> Although from some of their other policies, I don't think that that's the case. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, now Virgin, this is what we found out from Virgin. They're basically, of course, you know, Virgin and, and their, the way that they word everything is, is kind of interesting and fun. And uh, what, what do they call? They don't call your, you a cruiser. You're a, um, what do they call you? Uh, a you're sailor? a sailor. You're a sailor. So sailors, you know, they're like, basically, we have everything you need don't need to bring anything onto virgin voyages we have everything you could possibly want but we know that some of you have that's that rare vintage wine you just can't live without and so we will allow you to bring two 750 milliliter bottles of wine per cabin so they're going the royal caribbean route per cabin uh, on board boxes or cans of non-alcohol are also allowed and from what we can tell there ain't no limit to that as much as you can carry, I guess, uh, unless they are going to change that and post a limit somewhere in the future or somewhere we couldn't find. But it looks like no, no rules. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to jump into just because I did so much of this research. Virgin's um, FAQs are done very well. Um, they definitely have a lot of the questions in there and answered. They're just not answered I guess, fully, like, it's like, <laughs> hey, you can do this, the end. It's not right. like, not like Carnival, which goes into, like, insane detail. It's like, this is what you can do. It's like, but what about this? Well, uh, we're not going to tell you that. Yeah, and I think that's, <laughs> I think that's kind of their thing, is kind of like uh, the, the upper level cruise lines. They don't want to come off as restrictive, especially, you know, Richard Branson, he's all like, hey, rock and roll, man. So he doesn't, you know, he wants people dancing on tables. He doesn't want people being bogged down by all the things you can't do. He's just hoping that people are like, I don't need to bring this because Virgin Voyages is going to take care of me. So, you know, and, and maybe that is the case. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to go on. We'll have to try it out. Look, we're going to take one for the team. and Eventually, we're going to have to try that cruise line out. Okay. I guess if you're going to force me into it. all right let's move on to food food not much on food no um there is some stuff that could be found but in general i think we found that basically you can bring unopened prepackaged 
you know, pre-prepared food. So nothing that you need to microwave or anything like that. So like a bag of nuts. Yeah. And I know I've brought like ginger candies. I brought other candy on board. Uh, I've brought like trail mix on board. I think, I think the key is that it cannot be opened. It's got to be in a sealed package uh, because otherwise there's, there's issues there. So, you know, don't, don't go on bringing your, your microwave dinners. Don't go on bringing your leftovers from the night before that ain't going to fly, but, or sale, I should say in this case, <laughs> but you can bring on packaged things. And, and mostly, I think what most people would bring on would be like snack type things that, that they would eat in the cabin. I don't know. I don't usually bring much because why would I? There's food everywhere on the cruise. Like, I don't need anything. But I do like to bring a little bit of candy for snacking in the cabin. Do you ever bring any candy for snacking in the cabin? I have not. But why don't you just go to cherry on top? Because I do. I do if there is a cherry on top. But most of the time there's not. Even if there is, it's usually tiny. And have you seen the prices of cherry on top? I mean, I usually do go there. But still, it's a lot cheaper if I just bring my own stuff. The only thing is, I can't go to the local pick and mix and buy stuff and then bring it on board because it's not sealed then. And I don't think they'll let me do that. Me, I mean, I haven't tried it, but I... I don't, I don't think so. I wouldn't consider that sealed. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lose my pick and mix. Yeah. Because it's not cheap anywhere, really. That's true. Not, not that I know of. Not around here, anyway. All right, let's get on to the drugs. The drugs. Drugs. We talked about liquor. Can you bring drugs on board? Not bad drugs. Not bad. <laughs> and folks, that'll be left up to your interpretation. <laughs> uh, no, not not bad drugs. And by bad drugs, you mean illegal drugs, yep, correct? Yep, that's what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, so no illegal drugs. That means um, no heroin, no cocaine, no marijuana. I mean, come on, people. And, and, but here's where it gets a little persnickety. Okay. Of course, in this country, medical marijuana and even marijuana in general is becoming legal in a lot of states. But as far as the cruise lines go, uh, uh-uh, it ain't, it ain't happening. It's not sailing and you cannot bring medical marijuana. Yes. Even if you have a prescription. Okay. I'm trying to think of a granola type name. Okay. Um, Jerry. Jerry? Oh, well, that I guess that is pretty granola. Uh, Yeah, you you can't do it. I'm sorry. You can't do it. And not only that, but you also can't bring any CBD oil on board. So that was interesting because that's that's like an over-the-counter in most places, I think. I know it's all over Florida. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that it was specifically stated on some of those. Yeah, it's like because I think it's a new thing. So many people are using it, but I, I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think CBD oil has any like narcotic mind altering properties. I know it's like, I call it snake oil because people claim it can do everything. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if it like would register with like drug dogs or I don't know what the problem is with CBD oil, but apparently you can't bring it. So don't bring it on board. That's, that's what we're saying. Yeah. And then of course, regular medication, you know, it's, it's allowed in general, but if there's anything that, that you question, make sure to contact the cruise line itself and get that permission. Absolutely. Like I said, especially if it's something that is very life or death important that you can't live without or that's going to ruin your cruise. If it's something unusual, if it's just a normal prescription or, you know, your normal Aleve, Advil, it's fine. Tums, I mean, they're fine. 
But uh, yeah, if it's something a little weird, something strange, you know, just just check it out. Just make sure it's okay, and uh, that way you're gonna lessen the chance of anything weird happening to you on your cruise. All right, Matt. Can we bring our drone on board? Well, we don't have a drone, Kimbra. <laughs> oh, okay. And I am maybe the only creator in the YouTube space that doesn't want a drone. I don't know. <laughs> if that's true or not but i'm i'm think i think that's true yeah i'm not interested in one either i'm i'd be worried that it'd like fly off into who knows where and then it'd be gone yeah i mean i I love watching the drone footage i think it's beautiful uh but i have no interest in owning one myself but i, I so other people keep keep droning keep droning i want to see your footage but you won't see any on fantastic studios unless we're doing a co-op a co-op a collab with somebody that's about the only way uh, now I I did I did think it was interesting. We got a submersible drone at work, which has to be tethered to a wire, so they can't. They're not completely remote control. Uh, they are remote control, but they're they have to be tethered for that signal because the signal won't go through the water. And when I first saw that, I thought that's cool. Maybe I finally found a reason to get a drone. And then it occurred to me that I'm much more flexible than a drone, and I can just be the drone. I can't fly. But I can swim underwater. So I, I don't, you know, yeah. Yeah. That anyway, thing was really cool. It, it is cool. I mean, I just don't know. It's easier what, to move myself to the, to move that thing, though. But I, I don't know what the point is. Unless you were using it to go someplace dangerous, someplace that you weren't allowed to swim, but you could, I don't know what the, <laughs> anyway, I don't want to drone on and on about that. Let's get into the drone rules, the drone wars, drone wars, uh, because there are a lot of them. And uh, this is definitely one that I would check and see if it changes like tomorrow because it could. So let's start with Carnival. What's Carnival's yeah. drone pro- policy? Carnival can, you can bring a drone. Um, you cannot use it on the ship. It has to be stored in your stateroom. And then um, you can take it to a port. But there are some ports that have restrictions as well. So make sure to check those those ports to see if you can even take your drone there. Yeah, and Carnival and the other cruise lines are very clear about that. Like, look. You are responsible for your own doings when you're in port. If you're not allowed to fly that drone without a permit or you're just not allowed to fly it and you get caught by the authorities, you're on your own. So, you know, keep that in mind. Know the rules and uh, and follow them because the cruise line is not going to be there to, you know, go to the principal office and take you home. You're You're just on your own if you get in trouble with your drone. Now, Princess says, nope, no drones, buddy. No drones allowed on the Princess Cruise. But what about Royal Caribbean? Royal Caribbean says the same thing as Carnival. Same thing as Carnival, yeah. However, you also cannot use it on their islands. Yep. Your fun day at Coco Cay is not supposed to include flying a drone. If you do, you're breaking their rules. And I, I don't know. I've seen drone footage of that place. So I don't know if they got permission somehow or if they were breaking the rules or, or what. But uh, but yeah, you're not supposed to do it. And I know that Royal Caribbean and I think it was Royal Caribbean. I know they've had policies where they would take the drone and then they would give you the drone when you were getting off the ship. And then they would collect the drone when you got back on the ship. But according to their policy, as it is written, you keep it in your stateroom. So I don't know if that's changed or if that's something that is dependent on the captain or or what. But that's what their official rule book says. Yeah, maybe it's like a ship by ship, whatever 
whatever they feel like saying for the day. I, I feel like maybe I think I think drones are one of these things that sort of came out of the blue and all of a sudden it's this thing that cruise lines have to deal with and, and they had to figure it out. It's kind of like kind of like the uh, e-cigarettes or That's something. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. That's when when I worked at the Indy Zoo, it was like all of a sudden everybody had e-cigarettes and they're like, but but it's not really smoke. And everybody was like, I don't know what to do. Right, right. So So, you know, now that we're getting to where drones are more and more common, more and more popular, it's something that they've had to deal with on a more regular basis. I think they're kind of settling into their policies. And that's why I say this is something that could change from day to day. Uh, so make sure that you check up on it before you bring that drone on the ship. But as of right now, it looks like Royal Caribbean, you're fine. You just got to store it in your room and be responsible for your own stuff. Yeah. So um, Celebrity says the same thing. So, Which makes sense because yeah. they are part of Royal Caribbean, same, same umbrella company there. Norwegian says... Nope. Nope. Can't do it on Norwegian. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. And uh, what about MSC? So MSC, I couldn't find anything on their website, but doing some searches in the Googles, you might be able to bring one on and check them when you get on and off the ship. But again, that's that's from the Google searches. So don't know if that's actually accurate or not. You can try and call, but this is one of the cases where we saw conflicting things about people calling and then what happened. So, you know, you roll the dice and take your chances, I guess. Drones are not cheap, but uh, I don't know of anybody who's permanently lost their drone to a cruise line. I, I know plenty of people who have permanently lost them to flight error and crashes, but uh, but not to the cruise line. So hopefully, if you do make a mistake, you'll at least get your drone back at the end. You just won't get any drone footage. Yeah. How about Disney, Matt? Nope. Nope. Disney says, nope, that ain't part of the magic. No drones on Disney. And uh, Virgin? Couldn't, I, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, nothing out there. So if anybody knows... Uh, what Virgin's policy is is going to be on drones, let us know, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Moving on to luggage. Luggage. So luggage, I would have told you, had you asked me before Kimber did all the research, do the cruise lines restrict how much luggage you can bring on board? I would have said, no, you can bring whatever you want on board. You can bring five suitcases and check them. They don't care. They could be 100 pounds. They could be three feet by four feet by two feet. They don't care. Well, I'm wrong. There there are lots of rules. Some suggested, some just stated. And we'll go over those now. We'll start with Carnival. So Carnival says that they suggest one suitcase per person for a three to five day cruise and two per person for longer cruises. Um, again, it is a suggestion, and based on the luggage that I see them bring in at the aquarium after a cruise, it's definitely <laughs> only a suggestion. Um, and they should weigh less than 50 pounds and not exceed, when laying flat, 16 inches high and 24 inches wide yeah i think that has something to do with them going through their their um screening their x-ray machine so they got it to in order to fit through the x-ray machine <laughs> i think they've got to be within those parameters now they said if if i don't know the the impression we got is if they're bigger than that 
then what might happen is that you just might get delayed getting your luggage because they're probably going to have to go through it by hand. Um, I have definitely had stuff that weighed more than 50 pounds when I have like my dive weights in it. So um, I don't know. I don't think they really enforce that policy, but uh, they do list it. So we thought we would share it with you. So do with that what you will. And how about Princess? Princess, we couldn't find anything on Princess. So uh, again, I think Princess is one of those lines. They are catering to a a higher um, priced demographic, I guess you could say. And so they are trying to, you know, not give them any rules and restrictions. And so they're just they're just not saying anything about it. Mum is the word. I I think I think that these suggestions as we're going to see from other cruise lines, they have suggestions. I think these are just there so that if somebody did something really stupid, they could say, look, it's in our policy. You can't bring, you can't use the cruise line as a cargo ship to move, you know, 16 crates of t-shirts from Grand Cayman to the United States. I think, I think that's what that's all about. But, uh, but I don't know. The Royal Caribbean is, Suggest a reasonable amount. That that was my favorite one. <laughs> we suggest you bring a reasonable amount of luggage. <laughs> Hi, I'm Royal Caribbean, and I like to be subjective. <laughs> yeah, whatever that means, Royal Caribbean. And celebrity, of course, same as Royal. So, Copycat. Yep. So, you know, reasonable amount. What's reasonable to you? What's reasonable to me? What's reasonable to the person who's bringing five suitcases for a three-night cruise? To them, it's probably five suitcases. So I don't know what good that policy does. But anyway, that's what they say about it. Uh, Norwegian, what does Norwegian have to say? Norwegian says two pieces of luggage with a maximum weight of 50 pounds. Now, this was not a suggestion. This was a, this is the way it is. Yeah. So they're just like, nope, two pieces of luggage, no more than 50 pounds. And MSC is uh kinda, yeah yeah so i i really liked msc's answer a lot of their answers were kind of like no like just one word answers or like a sentence it was great but their the, the question was you know how much luggage can i bring and they said two pieces per person and then there was a little asterisk that said check cruise ticket for more accurate detail yeah okay what does that mean thanks msc <laughs> MSC, we're making it up as we go. I think that should be their new motto. <laughs> Hi, here at MSC, we're making it up as we go. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, one of the interesting things I found is when I was trying to figure this out and I was doing a little bit of Google research, I found more information coming up in European vlogs. And I don't know if, and that, not on MSC specifically, on, on other cruise lines. So I don't know if that's just because of the way the Google dice fell or if or chips landed the google chips land uh, whatever uh, or if if that's just like a bigger issue in europe or or what I, I have no idea but anyway i thought that was kind of interesting disney also doesn't have a suggestion they have a rule which is what yeah two per person and 50 pounds or less yeah so they're like that's it boom done and virgin we have no idea on virgin yeah no couldn't <laughs> find anything so here's what i want to know if anybody out there has ever gotten any slack, flack, um, been denied, anything like that because they brought too much luggage on board, too heavy of luggage, too big of a, of a suitcase, let us know, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Dot com. 
And then we move on to electrical stuff. And this is kind of a broad topic because we're talking like personal hygiene things, grooming stuff, fans, power strips, ooh, the power strip controversy, and all that sort of stuff. So what did we find out in the electrical front? Um, yeah, so Carnival is super detailed, and I Shocking. absolutely loved it. Um, so they had like a whole list of what's okay. Um, grooming devices such as curling irons, hair dryers, straighteners, all of that is fine. Thank goodness for that. Um, fans, um, 12 inches or smaller. So they do limit your size, but you can have them. Um, I wonder if that means like tower fans. That would be awkward to bring on though, wouldn't it? That would be awkward. Yeah. Now I know, uh, I know our friend Michael Cruise lover, I know that he has brought USB fans on board because there are some lines, I think, that don't let you bring any fans on board. But the USB fan sometimes will be okay. So uh, USB fan is obviously going to be on the smaller side, but that's another another option for you. You can plug it in maybe to a computer or, you know, there might be more choices for you for that. Um, And then they allow um, power strips or extension cords as long as there is no surge protector. Yeah, no surge protector. So that when whenever I started cruising, that was pretty much that was the rule across the board is you could bring a power strip, but it can't have a surge protector. And extension cords were eh, it depends on which line you're on. Now things have gotten much more tetchy. I just wanted to say tetchy, tetchy. They've gotten much more tetchy. I don't know why I said it like that. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get into that because we're going to find some that don't allow that. But uh, Princess isn't one of them. Princess is the same as Carnival. Yeah. No surprise there because they are basically the same company. But Royal Caribbean is a little different. And this they have changed. Since I've been cruising, they have changed their policy. And so they allow curling irons, hair straighteners only... So I guess no blow dryers. Most rooms have a blow dryer in it. If you're listening to this, you never cruised. You're like, no, I must have a blow dryer. Fear not. Most of them have a blow dryer in there. If they don't, ask your room steward. They're not good ones, but they've got them. Yeah, they they suck. They don't blow. But um, (laughs) Or they just kind of blow. I don't know. Anyway, they don't work very well. So I've been told because they seem to dry my hair really fast. Yeah. But but yes. So here's what's changed, though. Used to be power strips, no surge protector, right? No big deal. Now, oh, but they were no extension cords. So that was the big difference. Carnival extension cords, Royal Caribbean, no extension cords. Now, uh, Royal Caribbean is like no power strips, no, 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 no. You just can't have them. So, yeah, that's change. That is a change. Now, how do people get around that? They would bring like USB chargers and stuff that have multiple ports. Uh, you can get the European... Um, outlet thing that plugs in. They usually are European outlets. You can get the the thing that um, converts it, that kind of thing. But um, but yeah, don't don't go on there with your power strip because they will take it from you. Yeah. Um, so celebrity says the same thing as Royal. Same company, same policy in this case. And Norwegian seems to be the same as Carnival. So they have they're like cool with power strips, no surge protectors, cool with extension cords. I even saw somebody in a in a little chat thing say that um, they go as far as to encourage you to bring your own extension cord if you have like um, some sort of medical machinery that needs it or something. So uh, I know Norwegian 
is has got one of the better reputations for dealing with people that have special needs and that sort of thing. So, you know, I guess that kind of kind of reinforces that. Uh, what about MSC? So MSCs, like I said, their answers were just kind of odd. Um, but they said shavers, hair dryers, and battery chargers and computers are fine. <laughs> what? Okay. What about a camera? Like like a cell phone? Like that? I guess they call it a cell phone. I guess could be considered a computer. But like, why would you call out computers? I don't specifically? know. Specifically, that's just weird to it, me. It was. Well, like I said, I don't know if you looked at any of their stuff or you were just letting me read it to you. I let but you do it. I, it was, I just let you do it. It was just kind of odd, but that's okay. Thanks, MSC. You tried. Hey, you know, they got the best rates in town, so. Better than Holland America's FAQs. Which, do they even exist? No. We couldn't find them. They, they probably do somewhere, but yeah. All right, and then Disney. Disney, gotta be weird, right? Disney. They're basically kind of like MSC, where they're kind of like shavers and hair dryers are okay. Battery chargers are fine. But then they had some, they throw you a curveball. They're like, oh, and you can have baby monitors, humidifiers, fans, white noise machines, and sleep machines, but they have to be inspected and approved on board. And if they are, you can have them back. And if not, then we'll keep them till, I guess, the end of the cruise. And then I guess they give them back to you. I don't know. But no power strips, no extension cords for Disney. So you just got to plug that stuff in with with magic. Yeah. Um, And then Virgin didn't give the information. So they're probably similar to like Carnival. I'm assuming they're probably going to be a little more lenient. I just just feel that they will be. I just feel like they're going to be like, you know, yo, man, go with the flow. We're the rock and roll cruise. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they live up to their image they're trying to project currently out there in the world. All right. Now, uh, interestingly enough, some of the cruise lines list specific things that you can bring on board, but only for use in ports. And Carnival's list is quite extensive. You want to read that list? You want me to read the whole list? Just read the whole list. Done. Are you ready? Should I do it fast? I'm not going to do it too fast. Snorkel gear, segways, skateboards, golf clubs, fishing rods, tennis rackets, kites, rollerblades or skates, metal detectors, beach chair, umbrella, boogie boards, maximum 42 inches in length, portable folding bicycles, maximum 20 inch tires, (laughs) flotation devices for the comfort of all our guests, rafts, tubes and flotation devices other than those used as life preservers, water wings cannot be used in the swimming pools on board. Collapsible, collapsible wagons. For the safety of our guests, the wagon cannot be rolled onto or off the ship during embarkation and debarkation and cannot be rolled off or onto the ship while in port. Okay, I go to the beach here in Florida. I see people with these wagons bringing, you know, umbrellas and chairs and all that stuff. I've never seen that on a cruise <laughs> Do people really do that? Who's bringing the portable folding bicycle on the cruise? You got to let me know if you're the person doing that. Who's bringing an, uh, maybe an umbrella, maybe an umbrella, beach chairs, metal detectors. Who's bringing the stuff on the cruise? Who's playing tennis at port? I want to know. So what's really funny about this list is when going through the other ones, Disney specifically has like a great, wonderful list of everything that's not allowed in about... 
I'd say 70% of the things on this list are not allowed on Disney cruises. <laughs> it's like they're going, we know you've sailed Carnival and that was fine, but that doesn't go, that doesn't sail. I'm going to keep trying to say it and then fly. That doesn't sail on a Disney vessel. Gorsh, why can't we? T-? That was my goofy impression. Anyway, um, yeah. So Disney's like, nope. Yeah, nope, it was really funny because I nope. was like, oh, boogie boards, not on Disney. Oh, <laughs> flotation devices, not on Disney. That's why Carnival's the fun ship, I guess. I guess. And Disney's the, I don't know, the, the ship without a casino. Am <laughs> I picking on Disney? I feel like I'm ripping on Disney. You said tonight. you were going to. I did, didn't I? Yeah. I'm sorry. If you like Disney, I'm sorry. I just overpriced and no fun. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Send me your email. Send me your hate. Um, Royal Caribbean does allow you to bring baseball bats, hockey sticks, cricket bats, golf clubs, skateboards, surfboards, and bicycles, but only to use in port. Again, who's bringing a surfboard on the cruise? <laughs> who's bringing a cricket bat? Who is playing cricket in the Caribbean? <laughs> I know there are cricket games in the Caribbean, but I, I don't cricket games last like a week? I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway... Uh, yeah, so that's that's Royal Caribbean. Um, Celebrity, we found they specifically called out dive knives, which was interesting. And they said that dive knives can be checked in and out. But by your by your dive, whoever's doing your dive excursion has to check it out. You yourself can't do it. Oh, so if you're so if you do an excursion from a non um, a non celebrity excursion. What, what am I trying to say? You know what I'm saying. If you go third Company. party, if you go third party, yeah. If you if you go out of the cruise line for your excursion, you're 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 out of luck, right? You can't bring a dive knife. I guess. I no, I that cuts. I don't know. I, okay. It cuts deep. Okay. Actually, I I don't even own a dive knife. I don't know. I, do dive knives? Do people use dive knives? I guess it, I guess it depends on where you're diving. But in the Caribbean, I don't think there's a whole lot of need for a dive knife. My my courses for diving say that I need to get a dive knife. Of course they do. They also say you need what was the thing they they said you a dive uh, computer. Dive computers are awesome, but you don't need one. You don't have to have one. I've learned so much about diving that I'm going to force you to do that you don't do. <laughs> Whatever. You never <laughs> even dove with me. You don't know. Whatever. Anyway, uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, let's see. We've got, we've got the next, the last category. We just, just like, I don't know. We saw some things about musical instruments. Uh, who is it? Carnival. You could bring musical instruments on board, but if your neighbors complain, they'll confiscate them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there are some, I think it was Disney that said you can't have musical instruments. Yeah, di- of course. Disney's like, yeah. no, we'll make the only music here. And then of course, Disney also no over the door organizers for your safety. Yeah. <laughs> what? You never what? know. It might. Um, uh, I had, was there a random accident where somebody was like killed by a shoe from a door organizer? Maybe. So, so here's my thought. Maybe somebody had a brick in their door <laughs> organizer. And when the ship rocked, it swang, swang, swung, swung, swang, swinged, <laughs> swung, swung out swung and swung hit out? somebody in the head. I don't know. Maybe they should just put like a, a like a weight limit on what you can put in your door. I, I don't know. Do they really enforce that? I can't imagine your room steward coming in and being like, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to you're going to have to give me this door over the door 
organizer. <laughs> it's not allowed. I know a lot of people use those for storing like their, their toiletries or, or medical stuff. But I guess not on Disney, you don't. Yeah. I guess it's a good thing um, we're probably never going to sail Disney because I just bought a door organizer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would sail Disney. I, I'm ripping on them, but I would sail it just to check it out and see if it was really the nightmare I think it would be. I, a lot of people say it wouldn't be. A lot of people are like, no, you're wrong, man. It's not thousands of children annoying you for seven days. But I don't know. I just find it hard to believe. And uh, anyway, moving on. So that those are the things that we found that you can bring and cannot bring on a cruise. I'm sure there are things that we missed. I'm sure there are questions that are unanswered. If you have questions or answers to any of that, then let us know. Fantasticcruising at gmail.com. All right. Now, speaking of emails, thank you, everybody that does send us emails. Again, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Please send us your questions, your stories, whatever, your complaints. I don't care. Just send us information and uh, and we will consider reading it on the podcast, which we're going to do right now. We got a book from Andrew and Mallory, which we really appreciate. They listen to all of our podcast and then every now and then they send us like a like a summary of every episode kind of or their thoughts on it which is really cool i uh, would love for pe- more people to do that and we're just going to kind of go over some of the points that that andrew makes in this email basically let's see the first one he's talking about uh the food being monotonous on a, on a cruise and uh, i guess they did like a 12-day southern caribbean on the carnival glory and noticed that the menu had more variety and the food was fancier. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that note to self, go on longer cruises. Okay, let's do that. Let's <laughs> want to solve that problem. Just yeah. go just go on longer cruises. That's mm. all that you really need to do. Now they also wanted to talk about that uh, packing on a cruise. And um, they said that, I don't know, Andrew says if it wasn't for dive gear, he said it's definitely easy to go with just checked bags. Just get, you know, you got light clothes, especially in the Caribbean. You know, they're saying light clothes, easy to pack. They're going to Norway on my favorite ship, the Carnival Legend, and they're going to have to figure out traveling light, which that's going to be cold, but they're going to have to travel light because of like different budget airlines in Europe having, you know, restrictions on on luggage. So that that's interesting. Um, he's got a packing list. And this is, this is really cool. I think, you know, I do the packing list thing. I, I make out a packing list and then I, I check it off to make sure I don't forget anything. And uh, you haven't done that yet, Kimber, right? But you're going going to this time? Yeah. I mean, I'll sit down and say, help me make a packing list. <laughs> but here's what he added that I think is really cool. He then keeps that list and he kind of goes over it after the cruise and says, okay, well, this is the stuff that I packed that I didn't actually need or use. And so then he can remove that for future cruises. That's brilliant. Yeah. He actually attached that list for us so we can see. And then we maybe maybe I'll use that packing list. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Andrew. At at the very least, it's a good place to start. You know, there are a lot of packing lists out there. I know like the uh, Shipmate app has one. But yeah, looking at people's packing list is a good way to start to make your own and then make it in advance. And then you, you know. So another time to change it. Another it. really interesting fact, and I only know this because of all of my intensive FAQ research. A lot of cruise lines also have a packing list. Some oh. of them in detail on based on where your cruise is going to. 
I did not know that. That's yeah. cool. That's pretty cool. So that there you go. There's another. There's a good. There's a good tip. And uh, he wanted to know if if um, anybody has any tips on traveling with Carnival in Europe. Wondering if it's like different. What how's it different from the Caribbean? Like food and drinks and souvenirs, all that sort of thing. Um, I don't have the answers to that, but if you have the answers to that, let us know, fantasticcruising at gmail.com, and then we can share that with Andrew on the next podcast. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, he also wanted to know if, if there are any tips for cruising on the legend. Now, uh, the only thing I could really think of, it, it is my favorite ship, and I can't even exactly explain why, something about the layout. Uh, one thing I will say is, I really, really like the Red Frog Pub on that ship. It's just a really cool space. And um, Kimbra, you were on the Carnival Miracle, which is a sister ship of the mm-hmm. Legend. And do you have any tips on on that one, or anything you would you would suggest on the Miracle that might translate to the Legend? Um, not that I can think of. I mean, what I loved about the Miracle was the decor. Just look at everything. I don't know if the Legend is the same. It's, um, it's kind of. It's not the same theme but it's it's a little more dare i say over the top than some cruises cruise lines or cruise ships are now and uh, a little more like like on the on the miracle it's got the whole alice in wonderland thing and stuff and the, the legend has legends so yeah it's definitely i really appreciated the decor as well yeah, that's one of the things i do like about that ship. there was there was one hallway is like what the gatsby hallway or something that i completely we saw it our first day and then went back down like on our last day because we had forgotten about it i don't know if the legend has something like that but it was cool very cool so you'll have to let us know when you guys get back what you thought of the legend if you enjoyed it as much as as i did and as much as she enjoyed the miracle um and then uh he's talking about the passport thing yeah passport can really ruin your trip he checks them. They check them at the car at the airport before getting in an Uber to the port. It, it will definitely ruin your cruise if you don't have that passport because it will stop your cruise if you don't have that passport. So you got to gotta have that. They did a Carnival's Behind the Fun tour on the Carnival Fascination and thought it was really interesting. They did a journey cruise on the Glory that included a quick tour of the galley as well. And, and that was pretty interesting too. They said one of the people that were on that tour said that they liked the carnival ones more than Royal Caribbean tours because they went more places. So I don't know. I've, I've done a tour of the galley on one of the ships, but uh, it was fairly limited. Uh, that's the only really behind the scenes I've done. I need to maybe, maybe I should do that. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let us know. Have you done behind the scene tours on different cruise lines? Are they different? Are they the same? Are they worth it? What what do you, what are your opinions? What are your thoughts? And then uh, he's talking about drinking, and uh, their biggest. They usually have one blowout party night on the ship, where they I guess have a little too much to drink. I do that too. I know you do. I don't typically do that, uh, but they said if you are going to do that, don't do it on the last day, on the last night of the ship when you have to get off the next day. And, and that's usually when I do it. Yeah, and then you're tired and you're yeah. hungover, and that would just be. You know, that would make an already stressful and bummer of a situation just worse, just that much worse. And then they actually sent this right before we recorded last week's episode. So they were talking about, you know, avoiding fried food to feel better. They knew we were going to be talking with Ship Shape with Ann and Steven. And um, yeah, don't, you know, you got to live a little, 
but uh, but you know, try and try and limit it, you know, with uh, within reason. And then let's see what else do we have here. Oh, well, they mentioned that they like that that when I talk about the cruise creature, I say the biggest you typically see, and I do like to say that because in in my profession, teaching people about animals. I find that whenever you watch the documentaries on certain cable channels, whenever you are reading those books that are exaggerated in the libraries all over the country, those sorts of things, people tend to focus on these maximum record sizes and, and all these things. And then when you see the animals, you're like, that that's not actually how it is in reality. So when I portray that about animals, I like to I like to give people the normal and not go with the the maximum, you know, like, like if you're in Florida and you see an alligator, the average alligator you see in Florida is going to be somewhere between six and 10 feet long. Okay. You might see a bigger one. You might see a 14 footer, but most of the time you're not. So, you know, I'm not going to say alligators get 15 feet long because that's not what you're going to see. Anyway, uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And then apparently Mallory was in Tampa uh, yesterday from when we're recording this and we missed her. We saw the email, but we missed her. So sorry that we missed you. Let us know next time you're in, in town. And, uh, I know you did in the email, but like, you know, bug us more so that we don't forget. And we can definitely come say hello. If you, I don't know if she made it to the aquarium, she was going to try. Anyway, that's, that's all from that email. We got another email from Jennifer DeHart. You want to, you want to take that one over there, Kimbra? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to read read her whole email because it's not nearly as long as Andrew's. So it's readable. That was not a rip on your email. No, 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 no. Absolutely (laughs) loved that email. And it was great. It It was was cool. We really, we really do appreciate that. It was just really long to read through the whole thing. Um, So Jennifer says, I really enjoyed your most recent podcast and thought I'd weigh in. I don't remember your guest mentioning to the audience. <laughs> I don't remember your guest mentioning cocktails and how the most popular boat drinks are loaded with calories. Yep. That's very true. I didn't think about that either. Yeah. On my last cruise, I decided to avoid the luscious Mai Tai, Mudslide, Miami Vice, and anything laden with fruit juices. I noticed a big difference. I didn't feel bloated and I don't think I gained weight. I still ate what I wanted and as much as I wanted, but I made sure I had six servings of antioxidant filled vegetables and fruits every day, such as broccoli, blueberries. I also walked every day and took the stairs. I feel like I had my cake and ate it too. Or drank it too in this case. No, she didn't (laughs) drink it. Well, she drank stuff. She just didn't drink the Mai Tai and stuff. Okay. Right? I guess. Come on, keep up. <laughs> she um, <laughs> And she also linked us to an article with some drink calories. So. Which is really cool. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. And these are some drinks that you may want to avoid if you're concerned about calories. Mai Tai, 620 calories. Frozen margarita, 500 to 700 calories. Do you like pina coladas? Well, they're 600 calories. Mudslide? Yeah, well, there's not only going to be mud sliding, it's going to be like your belly sliding down too because those are 556 calories. Long Island iced tea, not like an unsweet iced tea, 430 calories at least. Bahama Mama will cost you about 350 calories. And Sex on the Beach, the drink, will get you about 330 calories. Actual Sex on the Beach will probably burn calories. Just a, <laughs> just a say, statement there. Now, they also give you some alternatives. So they're saying swap that mudslide for a chocolate martini. 
say goodbye to the pina colada. Instead, get a white Russian. Ditch the Long Island iced tea for a Cosmo. Change your margarita to a tequila sunrise. And all those drinks are going to cut your calories down, in some cases by half. Other cases, maybe knock 100 calories or something off there. So something to think about um, in that article, which we should post that as a link on the Fantastic Cruising community. That's a good idea. Set an alarm so we don't forget to do that tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jennifer, for sharing that link and the email. Thanks again, everybody that contributes to this podcast. Now, I think we're done, right? No, we're not done. What are you talking about? What do you mean we're not done? Matt, you... We're like a minute and 11... A minute and 11? We're like an hour and 11 minutes. Matt, you forgot one of the most important parts of this podcast. Oh, we got to say our our eight things we're looking forward to on our cruise. Okay, that's important. But but Matt, what what are you known for, dude? My good looks. Don't lie to people. <laughs> I know it's the cruise creature. Just trying to get a little. The cruise creature. We should start every cruise creature that way. What do you think? Should we with a song? Yeah, cruise creature, cruise creature, do 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 do. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's do the cruise creature. Well, since we're talking about what is allowed and not allowed on a cruise ship. One of the things that we found when we were doing our research, and by we, I mean mostly you, is that you're allowed to bring seashells onto the ship, which is something that I actually thought you weren't allowed to do. Now, it does depend on where you are and what their rules are and the place that you're collecting from. But as long as it's allowed, you can bring it on board as long as it doesn't have anything that was alive or is alive in it. In other words, it's got to just be the shell. No dead things in there or nothing like that. So I thought for this week's cruise creature, I would choose a very interesting shell that you might find. Or more to the point, you might find some shells that this creature has eaten that make them more interesting. So Kimbra, have you ever gone to the beach and found little bivalve like clam shells with holes in them? I have. Okay, so here's what is going on. When you find a shell like that, you think, wow, this is cool. I could put a, like a string through it. It'll make a perfect necklace. It's like awesome. Who is out here drilling holes in these shells? Well, it's a snail. What? It's a snail called a moon snail or the, the one that I'm talking about, the Atlantic moon snail, has a cooler name. It's called a shark eye. Why are they giving snails drills? They're... They're not giving snails drills. They this okay. Look, the snail is. You just totally threw me off with that. The <laughs> snail. The snail has something called a radula, which is sort of like its version of teeth ish, uh, and and it uses it like a drill, and so it's able to eat clams or clam like creatures and other things by drilling a hole into them, so the shell doesn't help in this case. And uh, it drills in, and then once it's drilled in and basically killed the creature or got it to where it can open the creature, then it is able to take and, and get the, the good stuff out, the soft stuff. It's not eating the shell. It's just drilling it. So, yeah, pretty interesting stuff, right? So whenever you see one of those shells, and it's got the little hole in it, That's a that means a moon snail has probably been there. 
there there are some other things like boring sponges. I mean, sponges are pretty boring, but there's a boring sponge that actually bores into things. And there, there's a few other things that could do it. But normally, if it's just a, a hole, and there's actually ways you can tell by the shape of the hole. But anyway, it's a good chance it was a moon snail, a shark's eye, which is pretty cool. That is cool. So these snails are feeding themselves and helping us make some lovely jewelry. Exactly. Exactly. Now, the other thing you might find from these snails, and I see this a lot in Florida because they are in Florida, is this their egg case, which is really weird looking. Um, How would I even describe it? It's a sort of a it's sort of a disc shape, but it's got a hole in the middle and it doesn't go all the way around. Um, It's kind of got a curve to it. Uh, I don't know. You have to Google it or something, but uh, they're really weird looking and people find them and they think that it's some sort of plastic thing or, or something human made. It's not, it's the egg casing of the moon snail. And the other thing, and the reason they call them a shark eye that makes this snail really cool is that they actually take the soft part of their body and they pull it all the way over their shell. And what this does is it, it kind of, keeps their shell nice and shiny and clean so it doesn't get roughed up like a lot of snail shells do it doesn't get algae built up on it but the other thing is their shells are very kind of round more more round than a lot of other snails and the way that the snail grows it ends up with like this sort of circular spiral into the middle and so if you if you're looking at this snail and it's burrowed in the sand, which it usually is, and then and you see it kind of take it, it sees you and it takes the soft part of its body and it en- envelopes its shell. It looks like an eye in the sand that is blinking at you. I've seen these uh, several times while snorkeling around Florida, uh, but they're in the Caribbean too. They're down the Gulf of Mexico all the way down to Honduras. So that's a shark's eye. That's a moon snail, and that is the cruise creature for this week. That was really cool. Right? Pretty neat. I knew none of that. Yeah. So next time you see one of those little shells, now you can tell people what, you know, what happened. It's like CSI snails, CSI mollusks. (laughs) (laughs) Crustacean investigation. Yes. Crustacean scene investigation. Yes. It's not a crustacean. It's a mollusk. That doesn't doesn't work. I know. It was just the closest word I could come up with. Oh, a totally different phylum. Anyway, uh, we do have to get to, what, number six of um, what we're looking forward to on the upcoming cruise on Brilliance of the Seas? Yes, we are on number six. And what is number six, Kimber? So for number six, we have a different dining experience. Oh, okay. So what what do you think? think of when you say that what do you mean by that so i've only cruised carnival and like we've talked about before carnival seems to have the same food over and over on every cruise so because it's royal i'm hoping it's going to be something different which it, it in, in theory it should be yeah now if you were sailing royal over and over you it wouldn't be but uh but yeah since you're going from Carnival to Royal. And it's been a while since I've been on Royal. I'm looking forward to that as well. The other thing, though, that I think will be interesting to you and that I'm looking forward to is just the whole experience is a little bit nicer, a little bit fancier. Ever since Carnival went to that American table, they removed the tablecloths. I don't care that much about that. But it seems like the whole service part of it just sort of changed the culture there and uh, I, I feel like it's just a little fancier in the MDR on a normal everyday dining night 
than it is on Carnival. And even though I'm not really the fancy kind of guy, I do have to admit, I enjoy it on Royal Caribbean quite a bit. Are you so, going to wear pants? Well, only only on the like nights when I have to, which is just one on this cruise. You can, I can still wear shorts. I'll wear a button-up shirt, okay? Okay, okay. So there's another note that I have on this one, which is Indian food. Oh, yes. I'm glad that we put that on there because I forgot. So one of the things I'm looking forward to is every Royal Caribbean ship I've sailed on, they had a dedicated spot with Indian food in the buffet. So in the Windjammer, Indian food every day. And uh, I love me some Indian food. And so I am super, super excited about that. Absolutely. I forgot about that. That's even more exciting. Are you are you sure that's only six now? Should we move it up since it's got the Indian food on no, it? No, no, because we had a we had a pretty tough list there. I mean, there's a lot of things we're looking forward to. So I think I think it'll stay where it is. I mean, I enjoy food quite a bit, but um, but that is not the only reason or the main reason why I cruise. So I think it's good where it's at, but it is a big reason that I'm looking forward to this cruise. Okay, Matt. So I think that we have gone way over our hour. Go us. Hooray. But (laughs) it's definitely time to head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day. And have a fantastic week, everybody. Well, golly gee, Canberra, an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Remember when we thought that subject or that topic was going to be like quick and we thought we were going to have to come up with another topic? Yeah. We were like, what else can we talk about this week besides just what you could take on? Yeah. It's a definitely, it was a meaty topic. Meaty? Meaty. Okay. Yeah. It was meaty. Yeah. Lots of meat. Lots of there, stuff. There was no meat in that. There, we didn't talk about meat at all. We talked about food. You can I take beef jerky on board. Oh, yeah, but not Only if steaks. it hasn't been opened. Yeah. Um, yeah, but remember like the first couple of episodes when we had to listen to you eat ice cream to get to, get to our an hour? I missed those episodes. When you were allowed to eat ice cream? When I had to eat ice cream for two minutes. Yeah. Those are the good old days. Yeah, but now we're just like that awesome where we just fly through an hour. I mean, yeah, we're just finding our feet, but, and then it just depends on the topic, but still, I I used to eat an ice cream cone at the end of every episode. Yeah. Why did I stop that tradition? Weight Watchers. Yeah, Weight Watchers.